Good morning, everybody. Um, so this week is my slideshow. So my sermon is titled, He Has Come, based on Isaiah 35 and our Christmas series. So this is our third week in our Advent series. So far, we have looked at passages from Isaiah and explored the themes. We've got them on the wall, hope, peace, and now joy. So before we get into it, I'm going to pray, so I just ask you to join with me. Dear God, I just want to lift up every person that's here with us this morning, Lord. Um, every family that's represented and community. God, I just pray, Lord, that as we come to your word this morning, that you would make it come alive. God, that we would be ready to hear from you, that we would be open to what you have to say. God, I pray that you would speak um, through me, God, that you would um, empower me as I share this word this morning. And God, I also pray, um, Lord, that as we come to this passage um, at Christmas time, Lord, that it would that it would make a difference, God, that we would go into Christmas with a fresh perspective of who you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So I'm just going to start off with giving a little bit of a um, background to our passage. So our two themes that are in the book of Isaiah, we have judgment and hope. So the first half of Isaiah um, focuses more on the judgment, and the second half focuses more on the hope. And our passage is about halfway through the book. So something that I found out when I was looking at this passage is that it's really quite closely connected in with Isaiah 34. Um, In commentaries and things that I read, um, these passages, these chapters, sorry, were grouped together, together. And I'm, yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly why, but some things I found out was that Isaiah 34 is about God's judgment against the nations. Verse 8 says... For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of retribution to uphold Zion's cause. And so we can see this kind of contrast between chapter 34 and chapter 35. And in chapter 35, the land is desolate. It's barren. It's empty. But in chapter 35, the land becomes prosperous. So we sort of see that there's this bridge that chapter 34 and 35 serve as a bridge between these two themes of judgment and hope. So I'm going to start this morning with our first key um, idea. There we go. So my first idea this morning is before he comes. So Isaiah 35, our chapter, shows a contrast between before he comes and when he comes. The land, before he comes, the land is a desert, and the people are struggling. This message of hope is given to people who have feeble hands, who have weak knees, and who have fearful hearts. It's hard to determine the exact time frame of this message, um, but it, it could be suggested that this time frame would be when Israel is facing Assyrian attacks or exiles. But either way, this, this message of hope is given to a people who are struggling and to a people who are weak. Verse 3 to 4 states, 
This message is given to strengthen the feeble hands, to steady the knees that give way, and to strengthen the fearful hearts. But before he comes, before he comes, the people are fearful, the people are weak. This message says, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, and he will come to save you. Be strong, do not fear, your God is coming. So I'm not sure if you've experienced a situation when you're waiting on God to come, a situation when you're feeling weak, when you have a fearful heart. And we each face different challenges. One of the challenges in my own life has been fear and worry, fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of... Sorry, fear of things I can't control. And at different points, this fear has become overwhelming. I've been lucky to have supportive people in my life who have journeyed with me to where I am now. But I remember seeking prayer for this anxiety many times and at times feeling hopeless, like things wouldn't change. And like our passage this morning, this story has a message of hope. But before we get there, it's important to acknowledge situations when we're waiting on God to come, when we're waiting on something to change. Sometimes the situations we face can be overwhelming and it can be hard to choose joy, which is what we're going to get to in the end, joy. But before we get there, it's important that we realize that, like what Mark was saying, that in life we can face many things that can weigh us down, take away our joy and leave us with this hole, which we're going to come to at the end. But this passage is interesting because other than verse 4, your God will come, he will come to save you, this passage chooses to focus less on the details of who is coming or how they are coming, but more about what will happen when they come. So we're going to look at what it's, we've looked at what it's like for Israel before he comes, and now we're going to look at what Isaiah, Isaiah says about when he comes. So, when he comes. When he comes. When he comes, the eyes of the blind will be opened. And when he comes, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. And when he comes, the lame will leap. And when he comes, the mute tongue will shout for joy. When he comes, the water will gush in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. And when he comes, the land will grow. When he comes, he will make a highway, a highway for the redeemed and those who he rescues to return back to Zion. When he comes, They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown the heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee. When he comes, he will redeem all creation. All brokenness and make a way for us to return to him. When a king comes, how do we receive a king? 
we receive a king with rejoicing. So when he comes, there will be joy. And at this stage, the Israelites wouldn't know exactly who is coming, and they wouldn't know the future importance of this passage. But they know that when he comes, everything changes. When he comes, the land will rejoice and their land will shout for joy. And when he comes, they will be filled with everlasting joy and gladness. For the Israelites, there was this anticipation of God coming to save, save them. But for us today, he has already come. Which is why I've titled my message, He Has Come. Because we are no longer waiting for God to come to save us. He has already come to earth to save us and redeem creation. I think one of the most important things that we celebrate at Christmas time is that God, who always desired to be with his people, has come to earth as the person of Jesus. After all this time of waiting, God is here. He has come to be with his people. He has come to save his people. And it makes a difference when he's here. It makes a difference when he's here. For me, going back to my story of anxiety, I faced a time when I felt like something I struggled with would never end, that it would kind of just continue to be this issue in my life. And at times I still feel worried and I still feel afraid. But as I've spent more time with God and as I've learned more about his character and why he's trustworthy and who I am, the more I become able to trust him and the less afraid I was and the more confident I became. Because God coming into my life made a massive difference. And when I placed my focus on growing my relationship with God and less focus on my anxious thoughts and feelings, the more difference the more of a difference that God made in my life. And as I said before, we each face different challenges. You know, we each have different things going on in our lives. For each of us, God, um, sorry, for each of us, we have different things and God knows those things. But I believe that when Jesus comes, that he has come, and when he comes, that it makes a difference. Joy. This Christmas, I have been tasked with this passage and preaching about joy. Isaiah 35, 10 says, Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee. But what is joy? That's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to ask you to talk to the people next to you about this question. What is joy? Because I think that, at least for me, Joy can sometimes be associated with many things, and so I think it would be good for us to chat about it. So take a couple minutes, talk to the person next to you, what is joy?
I'm going to use this eventually. Hello. What's the thoughts? What's joy? What are we thinking? Oh no, we were just saying, like, um, it's, it's like a bit different to happiness, because happiness is something that you, know, you can get from, so I think it's more temporary. Like yeah. Whereas joy is kind of something a bit more deep. It's like a state of mind. It's like a state of heart. Mm. So you can't get joy from the same thing you get happiness from. Yeah. Joy is something else. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you write? State of mind. Yeah, I feel like it's something that's quite hard to define because you just think, oh, joy. It's like, oh, it's like an overwhelming sense of, I don't know, like positivity, happiness, like, you know. Mm. Kaya City feels like joy is like a mix between happiness and love. I found that interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. Okay. Okay, we're going to pass the mic around and see what people think. Would anyone like to go first? Okay, I'm bringing it. It's turned on. This way you can hear the noise. <laughs> yeah, joy is Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. Oh, I like that. Uh, so that was Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. Pretty good. Anyone else? Brian, you should say what you said. <laughs> um, we were just saying that yeah, it's joy is a bit different to happiness because um, I feel like happiness you can get from out of like from from outside, you know. But like joy is something a bit more deeper. Like it's something. It's like a state of mind and a state of heart. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else? thought of it as a fruit of the spirit and, and one thing we were trying to unpack is the word enjoy because mm. if you enjoy something you're generally having f- fun and so I kind of thought maybe it's the joy in you so to speak mm. yeah anyone else oh yeah oh, okay Anyone else? Joy, joy. No? Okay. Just put this mic back. So I find joy quite a hard thing to define. So I'm glad that there's lots of ideas coming out. So I wrote some things down. Um, So I wrote that joy is not the same as happiness. I think we all kind of, we've got that. 
Happiness is a feeling in a moment, um, but joy is something much deeper and something more fulfilling. Um, That joy is something that we choose, but it's also not something that we fake. Um, This one came out of what you said today, actually, Mark. I wrote this down. Joy is not just ignoring our sadness or our challenges. I think that's important. It's not just kind of just going, pretending that nothing else is there. Um, Galatians 5.22 tells us that joy comes from the Spirit, so the fruit of the Spirit is joy. So there are many things in my life that bring me joy, or maybe happiness. Sometimes it can be hard to know which one it is. Things like my family, um, the youth group, the youth that I get to spend uh, every Thursday night with. I wrote down... This is a little bit, but I wrote down eating garlic bread because that's my favorite food. Um, Animals, whenever I'm around animals, I feel myself being filled with joy and I can even just thinking about it just makes me feel better. Um, And watching my favorite movie. So these things, they fill up my cup, especially when I'm feeling down. But this joy is not everlasting. When I'm away from this joy or happiness, um, I can rejoice in the memory of it. I can think about it. I can think about animals and I can, maybe I'll feel a welling of joy or happiness in me. But it's not something that I can like hold on to forever. Like it's not something that, you know, I can't take an animal with me to work. And I can't eat garlic bread every day. And... Um, unfortunately my family lives in Napier so I can't be with them every day so it's not something that I can hold on to forever Um, but when God when God is the source of our joy this joy is everlasting as we know God he's the same yesterday today and tomorrow God continues God never ends it's something that we can have forever And when God is the source of our joy, we don't need to wait for an outcome. We don't need to wait for something good to happen. We can be joyful in everything. But can we obtain, can we get, can we have this everlasting joy that this passage talks about here on earth right now? Or is this a promise for the new heavens and the new earth. Something to think about. So I'm not going to get us to discuss this. I'm just going to say what I personally think. So I think that the answer is yes. I think that yes, we have been given everlasting joy and the Bible talks about and calls us to be joyful. I'm going to read some passages soon. But I think also this passage talks about and says that sorrow and sighing will flee when he comes but we still face sorrow today. In life, we are faced with challenges, and in those challenges, we look forward to when he comes again. So before he comes, when he comes, he has come, and when he comes again. And when he comes again, he's going to take away all of our pain and suffering. But we can still find joy now, So I've got a couple passages. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says that 
Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you, to belong to Christ Jesus. Sorry, who belong to Christ Jesus. And James 1, 2-4 states, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So even when we face trials and difficult situations, the Bible calls us to be joyful. But it's easier said than done. So, like I said, I've been given this passage for the Sunday, and to be honest, joy has not necessarily been the thing I've been most filled with at the moment. I just finished my degree, and I'm looking for a job, and I was hoping that my Christmas plans would be sorted. Oh, sorry, I was hoping that my plans for next year would be sorted before Christmas. I am both looking forward to this Christmas season for a break, but also wishing things were a bit more settled for me. As I said earlier, I find uncertainty quite stressful, and recently a lot of my days have been taken up and focused on thinking, what am I going to do next year, what is God saying, and all of these things. But in this season, in this season, that I have found the most joy, the place I have found the most joy in, is in worship. It's in focusing on who Jesus is. It's in focusing on that Jesus is enough for us. It's been focusing on Jesus is our king. Jesus is our king and that Jesus, which we celebrate at Christmas time, Jesus is God with us. One thing I know that God is saying is choose joy. But what is the joy? What is the joy in Christmas? The joy is spending time with loved ones. The joy is giving to others. The joy is being thankful for what you have. The joy is being content in our circumstances. But most of all, the joy this Christmas, a joy that is everlasting, is that a baby has been born, that he has come, the King of Kings has come to give us his joy. And this joy is the joy that will last forever. This joy is the joy that we can hold on to because he has come and he has come to save us. And when he comes, we will rejoice. So what does this look like? Let praise and prayer be the loudest noise this Christmas. This is for me too. Amongst everything, amongst all the stress that Christmas can be, amongst everything else we have going on in our lives, let praise and prayer be the loudest noise. Whether that's turning up the worship music in your home, in your car, wherever you find yourself. Whether that's, sorry, whether that's putting on a positive mindset, um, thinking about the things you say, pausing and taking a moment to remember the small things that bring us joy. Whether that's bringing our stresses, bringing the hard stuff to God, the things that stop us from being joyful, and then asking the Holy Spirit to fill us with his joy. 
and I think this is the most important one, whether it's spending time with Jesus, because in relationship with God, we will be filled with everlasting joy. So what I want to do right now is I want to take us, I want to give us a moment of reflection. So just wherever you are, I'm going to probably pause for about a minute. And I just want us to reflect on these things that we've spoken about. We've spoken about the fact that Jesus has come and that when he comes, we will have joy. And I want us to ask ourselves and let God speak to us about joy and the ways that we can spend time in prayer and praise this Christmas. Um, And then we're going to close with a song. My prayer for us um, is that we would never forget, that we would never be too distracted, that we would never stop rejoicing in the greatest gift that we have been given in Jesus. So dear God, we just, we lift you up. Jesus, you are our king. You are our king and you have come to give us life and life to the full. You are our joy this Christmas and every day of our lives. And I just pray, God, that you would fill everybody in this room, um, everybody that's in kids' church, everybody that's in our community, God, would you fill them with your joy that is everlasting. God, would you fill us with your joy that is everlasting so that we can show other people about who you are that people would recognize that joy in us and would see you. I just thank you for today and I thank you for this church. I thank you for Christmas time that we can celebrate, we can come together as a family, come together with our own families and we can celebrate. And I just pray, God, that um, this would be a time of remembering you. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.